0: This is Steve Bibby from the Lancashire Wrestling Federation the LWF and you are watching Stu's
1: Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host Stu Palmer. <laughs> Welcome, it is episode 107 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast and we've got a lady, we've got a female former wrestler on the show it's been a long time since I've had a woman on the show and it was about time, it was about time because we've had some fantastic ladies in the business and it's none other than 80's wrestling star Mad Maxine Mad Maxine was trained by the fabulous Mueller. obviously there's been stories about fabulous Mueller. We skirted around that a little bit. We didn't go too much into that, as it has been shown in shows and episodes on wrestling programs. But yet, yeah, trained by the fabulous Moolah, she was in the WWE only for two matches. There was a contract given to her, you'll get to hear more about that and why she didn't sign the contract. But she went on to Florida and the territories, and she was great friends with the late, great Luna Vichon. So she's got some fantastic stories. She's also got a book out as well, entitled The Chronicles of Mad Maxine. You can get that on Amazon. You can get it from her personally. She does have a Facebook account as well, Janine Mosjeff. It's her name on there. I will have links for that. So, yeah, please support Mad Maxine. She has a great story. She's done journalism as well. Just a great, great story. A lovely lady. And I'd like to thank Fabio Ost from Pro Wrestling Stories. He writes some great articles. He got me in touch with Mad Maxine. So, yeah, without further ado, my guest for episode 107 of Shoes Wrestling Podcast is wrestling star of the 80s, female wrestler, women's wrestler, Mad Maxine. Enjoy. My guest all the way from Florida is wrestling star of the 80s, Mad Maxine. What an honor, what an honor to have you on today on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Well, thank you, Stu, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Now, I've been reading up on you because I wasn't aware of like the mid-80s into the late 80s as such. I was born in 86 myself, ah, but yes, yeah. you were yes, <laughs> you were in the WWF. So I'm going to go straight into that how how was your time in the WWF. Um
0: well I um uh trained with the fabulous Mula, and um her we, that was a pipeline to WWF at the time. So um I uh was uh, I only had two matches with WWF and um, at the end of the second match um, Gorilla Monsoon put a contract in front of me and said sign it and I was like I need to have a lawyer look at this my sister is an attorney and you know she had advised me that you know don't sign anything and uh, had I had I signed it um you know basically I would have signed away at all rights and you know it just they they really owned you lock stock and barrel I don't know how it is today um, but back then, you know, any merchandising, actually, my name would have been belonged to them. And, uh, you know, I was, they, the, the attorney I talked to said, this is ridiculous, do not sign it. So, and by then I was, um, I was pretty uh, dissatisfied with Mula. Um She had, um, uh, you know, there were a lot of things that went on in uh, Columbia, South Carolina that were Uh, underhanded, and just plain, I would say evil. Um, I was, uh, you know, I I had had a job, uh, I was a journalism major, just like you, and had worked as a journalist for a couple of years before going into wrestling as a journalism project. So um, I I had a sense of my own kind of uh, agency in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to let somebody put me under their thumb as as she did many of the young women in the camp and i i'm talking about the um the trainees um i would yeah. not say that was true about the women who were working for her full time and living on the on the uh, compound um but you know she'd get these naive uh young women and who were you know anywhere from their late teens to well, some of them, like one of them, was 16 and had a permission from her guardians to be there, but you know they were they were young and inexperienced and didn't realize that um, there is women on women crime and uh, and and that they shouldn't just kind of view her as mom and uh, and somebody to be trusted. She was not to be trusted. So
1: a lot came out. A lot came out. Then in more recent times, and a dark side of the ring and stuff about it. Right. So I mean. It was, it was that, that was how the business was
0: back then, wasn't it? You know, you, I, I think so. I mean, you know, you, and, and I don't know, I mean, I, I'd be curious to, to compare notes with the women who are wrestling today. Um, if you, if you wanted it and, and really, really wanted it, you just, you know, you just agreed to whatever terms they set for you. So whether that was earning $50 a match with a, a huge house or, you um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there were a lot of kind of sexual favors that were exchanged in terms for, but you know, I, di- I did not encounter that. Fortunately, after no. I left WWF, I went down to Florida with um, a couple of wrestling buddies um, who Luna was Sean um, and uh, uh, Peggy. Uh, well, she wrestled under Peg- Peggy Lee Pringle um, when we were together and uh, uh, we had a great run with um, in championship wrestling from Florida, uh, and the Booker was uh, Wahoo McDaniel, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, and um, he was my wrestling partner. And uh, he was he was an above board guy. I mean, he really um, uh, he really ran a pretty tight ship. I mean, it wasn't it was still a kind of a boys' locker room kind of thing, but um, I never saw anything you know kind of untoward go on
1: it's cool that you, you know you might you did it on your own terms and you still got to wrestle i mean the territories were still flourishing even then weren't they before you know WWF really did become the international juggernaut you know that it became right. to be so you know it's nice to hear you did that you went down to florida
0: Yep. And in fact, that was a return home because I had finished up university uh, in Tampa. And so I was coming back home and had lots of friends and supporters. And it was just really fun to see people in the audience who I knew and, and be able to hang out with them. You know, I was uh, part of this artist and writers group in Tampa. And it was just, you know, I felt I was in a very supportive environment, which is very different from, you know, later year, you know, later in my very short wrestling career when I was on the road and, you know, didn't really have the connection to anybody uh, much. And um, so, yeah, the Tampa years were definitely the best.
1: Your look at the time as well. you know. I can see in the background there, I'm going to make reference to what's in shot. Yeah. Your look was amazing. You no, know, I had ahead of the times, 100% ahead of the times. And uh, yeah. How, how was it crafting your look? and and the persona really on how was that for you having that creative side yourself
0: oh that you know i have to say costuming was my favorite part of the whole deal um i just loved coming up with the with the you know the look um i was dating a guy who um was really into comics and he showed me the uh, comic x-men um with the character storm who at the time was african-american had this big mohawk And I just, and she was kind of a biker look. And I thought, that's it. That's what I want. And uh, so um, I just, uh, I I went for it. I didn't consult Moolah. I just went out and uh, you know, brought a bunch of champagne and my friends and we spent the afternoon and I got Mohawked and uh, came back and Moolah was not happy with me. She was like, that is very unfeminine. You know, people aren't going to like that. But then like, she thought about it I guess for a couple of days and, and realized that, you know, this might be a a good look for a heel. And uh, so that's how she brought me out. Um, By the way, I never really liked being a heel. I am (laughs) its just not my, some people, you know, that's all they wanna be. Um, uh, Luna, who I knew as um, Angel, um, that's all she, she just wanted to be a heel. She wanted to follow in the footsteps of her aunt uh, Vivian. But, um, you know, I just found it too difficult for people to actually, you know, just, actively hate me and throw drinks at me I mean that was like you were really doing your job if people were throwing their cokes at you and it's like eh, I'd rather be a baby face
1: <laughs> I'm surprised I'm surprised by that because I know uh, you know other people's opinions are in the business they love heel they say it's easier to be a heel so yeah I'm, I'm surprised you say that you know I don't know, what would you, what, I mean, if you were in the ring, what would you go for, do you think? I I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to say I, I'm i influenced by like Paul Heyman, but I wouldn't want to, I'd want to be my own person, but I would say like, you know, uh, the chicken shit manager, uh, and it'd be heel, it'd have to
0: be, <laughs> yeah,
1: that'd be me, that'd be me, like running away, and uh, yeah, but like, if I had to say I was influenced by someone, I know a lot of people are, Paul Heyman, just that way, and I, and I can run my mouth as well, I'm quite good. I'm quite good at running my mouth I think. But
0: yeah, I I'd, yeah, I'd be, yeah, be I would be a good manager with that with that mouth on you. Um best one uh you know Percy um he went by the Oh my, d- later, oh my days. Um nicest guy, you know, I'm sure everybody says that. Just, you know, funny as hell. Had this really rubbery face, you know, would just like make these like like looks he yeah. just like could hardly keep laughing. It was just very 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 easy guy to work with.
1: I went to uh, I was at the Hall of Fame when he was inducted. I was there in America. Right. Uh, it was amazing. They're my favorite nights, believe it or not. It wasn't going to WrestleMania. It was seeing all the guys I watched. So yeah, obviously his sons inducting him and stuff. That was a, that was an amazing night when uh, obviously Percy went in, man. Unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: Did everybody um sing his praises as I
1: oh yeah across the board? Oh my god. It was just mad that he was a mortician by trade as well. I know, right? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, you know, Paul Barrett. I was frightened of him when he first came in. You know, and he had obviously the face, they powdered him. Uh, I was frightened of the man. A bit a bit like Luna, when Luna was with Bam Bam. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was scared of Luna, but I, I appreciate Luna, you know, as I got older, what, what she did for the business. Just going back to what you were saying about her.
0: Well, you know, um, being a mortician, I mean, you're, um, you're working with people. I mean, it really is something where you're taking people in their, you know, they in their grief stick stricken state and, and helping them through this. So, I mean, I think that personality, that kindness that, you know, really was part of his whole thing. Uh, you know, I, I, that actually makes sense to me um, hmm. you know, in a weird way
1: it's just uh, it's amazing amazing uh, yes i'd like to ask you as well you've you've had them uh, you've written you've got a novel which you've been writing for 30 years so i i have to ask i have to ask about the novel as <laughs> well and and how you know how you put it together you know you collated a lot of information over a long time frame there so yeah a bit more on on your writing i'd love to hear about it
0: sure. Well, um, towards the end of my um uh, time as a wrestler, um, I got uh, I got ripped off horribly. I, um, we were uh, it was in Houston, and um, usually I would have my locker room with the guys. I mean, I'd have like a little space off to the side, and uh, this time um, I had my own locker room, but it wasn't under security. So I came back, and everything, my journal, my camera, my costumes, everything had been stolen except for the payday in my boot cuz Muller had always told me to put my money in my boot. So at least I had that. And uh so um I I getting derailed. What was the question again? <laughs>
1: uh about yeah uh, putting together your book and obviously the I, number of, the number no, of okay, years so I
0: had a I had a journal that was yeah. stolen and um And I had, so I kind of just went back and kind of built it. But then um, there's, it's a strange thing, you know, back then kayfabe was a really big deal. And, uh, you know, you didn't uh, let the marks know what was going on. You didn't talk around them. You didn't, if you were friends with somebody you were in a story with, and, you know, uh, you, you never got, you were never seen together. That was verboten and uh no matter if you were friends i mean it really was serious and and pounded into you um so um i uh i i actually had a lot of uh resistance to um kind of uh kind of telling the truth about it because i was really feeling like i was betraying uh, the wrestling you know business by doing it but then i kind of like Eventually, after Mula died, um, and, uh, I just, and then sadly, um, when Luna passed away, I just felt like, then COVID came and I was like, God, you know, this this thing could take me out. I might as well just like, you know, go for it. And it was really like, you know, just uh, irresistible. And it, it did take me a really long time, even though much of it has been, had been, I had written much of it, you know, before then. Um but i just I just had this deep squeamishness about you know ex, you know lay, laying it all out uh, even though of course you know that's that's far in the past people worrying about you know protecting the business I and mean, everybody everybody knows at this point it's just you know <laughs> there's no there are no secrets anymore so um anyway uh yeah just a you know confluence of uh of uh push and pulls and finally got it written working on book number two right now. uh, So yeah, it's a, it's a sequel. And uh, um, you know, it's the uh, ongoing adventures of this group of lady wrestlers who, uh, um, who um, have uh, escaped Mula's uh, clutches and are now going on their own and figuring things out. And, it's um there's a lot more besides wrestling including um uh, hallucinogenic mushroom trips and you know uh (laughs) i mean it's uh more fictional let's just say
1: (laughs) right okay okay where where can we get the first book where is it available
0: um it's available via amazon um i also uh, have a pile of books in my um in my studio um I uh, you you can find out the purchasing information through my Facebook page um, hard-hitting advice from um, Lady Maxine and uh, so just you know you just Google Mad Maxine and it something's going to come up. (laughs) I'm going to ask about more current
1: wrestling. Do you ever catch any of the modern product or are you totally away from it these days?
0: Um, I'm aware of it, but I, I do not follow it at this point. I, uh, I that part of, um, that I, basically that door has closed. I mean, I played basketball in, uh, on scholarship in college. And once I stopped doing that, I was no longer interested in basketball. It just makes me twitchy to do, you know, to, to watch mm-hmm. either basketball or wrestling. And so I just don't do it, but it's, it's not that I don't think that, you know, on the occasions when I have found it, uh, you know. Watched a match. I am very impressed by the caliber of training and and matches. It's not the, you know, uh, a lot of it is not the TNA, you know, kind of just you know, pretty pretty women out there doing things. But it's uh, it's more serious wrestling, and and that's what Mula trained us to to do. I mean, actually, not Mula, but her, you know, the people who worked for Mula. Um, so um, I think it's come a long way and I hope they're being paid, um, uh, you know, commensurately with their skills.
1: I've been like the likes of Charlotte Flair and that, they're, they're fantastic, you know, and, uh, but women's That's rest, but women's wrestling was always there. It's just, yeah. you know, the profile of it. You know, I feel, I feel for you guys in the time when you were doing it, you know, because you
0: guys are putting it all on the line, just the same as them. Right. And you know, I mean, it, I don't know if it's true now, but um, uh, somebody described to me as like, you know, that, that women were always always thought of as like a gimmick, like um, midget wrestling or, you know, Jello wrestling or you know anything with like a, a gimmick. It wasn't really considered, you know, the real deal. And you know, that's pretty insulting, you know, considering as you say, you know, I I'm in touch with the women of my era, and you know, they're they're many of them are paying the price for you know having you know taken so many bumps and so many you know falls and it's really hard on your body i mean it, you know your your body is it it just you know just wears your body out and uh not everybody but you know i i was i felt kind of grateful to have gotten out i mean i did it It was, it was, you know, I had the experience for a couple of years and, uh, and got out before I got seriously injured. And I was like, you know,
1: did you worry about the girls that were still in the business and in the situations they were in when you
0: left? Um, you know, I was, uh, I, I didn't actually, I wasn't thinking about them. I was thinking about escaping because um, my last, um, I had that experience in Houston um, where everything got stolen from me. And then the very last match that I had was in at the Astrodome in New Orleans with Dark Journey. And I got hurt and humiliated. My, my top fell off and um, in the middle, you know, and it was like a massive crowd. And, and just the whole thing was just like, you know, I, I was looking for a sign. It was like, uh, okay, just so, show me a sign when I should leave. And it was like, got ripped off, got humiliated, got hurt, time to get out. And uh, it it coincided with my um, sister getting married up in DC. And so I went there and, uh, and I was just like, that was it. You know, I, I I really, I wanted to have a full experience. I didn't want to just put my, the whole point of doing it was not just put my toe in the water and, and then write about it to take, to take something I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be part of it. And um, I feel like I achieved that. But, uh, you know, I I also admire and, and respect the, the women who have done it for 20 and 30 years. I mean, they're just some, you know, veterans uh, who have really, you know, they really have put everything into it. And, and that's what they wanted to do with their lives. Um, but I think some of them are really paying the price with their health right now.
1: I know she's she passed away 15 years ago now, but uh, I always think about Sherry Martel, um, you know, and and they're uh, reading about uh, when she was saying she was away from her son. You know, she was she was at the forefront, wasn't she, for WWF for so many years? But then, you know, you get the uh, person, you get to know the person, don't you? When they're saying, you know, they regret, they regret in a way being on the road so much. But she had right. a family, she had a family to feed, Maxine. In the yeah. same token.
0: Right. Same with uh, same with Luna. I mean, she yeah. had a couple of sons, and uh, um, and you know that was that was one of the pains of her life was to be away from them. I, I know that she she talked to me and was, was very very sad about that. And you know, but it seems like her kids have turned out all right. One's a it, chef. I don't know about the other one? Uh,
1: his, his son, his son that was on Dark Side of the Ring. He was uh, his accounts were amazing. He was so articulate and you know speaking about his mum. You know, he really showed her in such a, a lovely light, you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now I haven't asked about you training before getting in the ring. So yeah, we're going back a bit now. Uh, um, just like how, how was training, how was training for you when you first got in?
0: You know, I, uh, I think if you go into the ring, um, I mean, if you go into training when, when, uh, knowing some acrobatics or, gymnastics you know uh, i think that you have an, a real advantage because you're you're doing a lot of flips and a lot of a lot of kind of gymnastic moves and i had never done any of that and uh, and i'm six foot two and you know just my just kind of like my my body just felt all of a sudden very gangly and and just like i you know my my feet seemed like 10 miles away and uh you know, I just, I had a hard time just even achieving the first good bump, uh, you know, without hurting myself. I had these nine inch bruises on my, um, elbows, uh, each elbow was like this mass of jelly with like bone chips floating inside it. And, and, uh, and then I, uh, I, somebody said, well, why don't you wear, um, you know, pads? And I was like, you know, and, and everybody was like pads, why would you wear pads? That's just so like not done. Um, Except for, I think um, Angel did. She wore knee pads because she had she had bad knees. But uh, um, it was really freaking hard. And uh, you know, but I also had this uh, determination. It was like, you know, I, I, I you know put it out there. I told all my friends, I'm I'm not going to just like turn tail and run when things get tough. I'm just going to, you know, I just figured if I stuck with it, eventually uh, things would fall into place, and it did. It did. I don't think, you know, I'm 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 will never be considered one of the greats uh in terms of my actual wrestling prowess, but um I could do the moves and uh and like the flying head scissors, I love that move, but never did it in the ring, just did it in training. (laughs) (laughs) How 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 was it
1: performing at arenas vaccine? How how is it performing in front of a crowd? Because I'm I'm just a fan. I've been to many shows, but yeah, I can only imagine like what was running through your mind at a show, and just the reaction, the crowd reaction. Because you know, I love asking you guys that are in the business; that's amazing to me how you felt, you know, and what the crowd was like and stuff like that. You know,
0: it took me, it took me, um, it took me a while. It took me, I don't know, 10, 20 matches for me to um, finally kind of have a, a degree of comfort while I'm in the ring. I was, um, I was terrified. I mean, I would, you know, I was just hoping people wouldn't see my knees shaking and, you know, my, 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 uh, my pulse just like racing. I, you know, I really, the whole thing just was overwhelming. Uh, you know, crowds just like screaming at you like, Yeah, really being, you know, and, and that's what you want, right? That's, I knew that's, that was what, what the goal was when I was a heel. Um, and, uh, but just, uh, you know, I just, it was overwhelming. And eventually, um, I remember when it happened, it was a, a match in Miami. Um, and it was like, I stepped out there and uh, and I finally thought, okay, this, you know, these people are on my side. Because at that point I was, I was working with Wahoo and I finally had the sense that, okay, you know, they, they are backing me, they are on my side, they're not out to get me and uh, I just finally felt like some sense of ease. From then on, it was, it just got easier. Plus, I was working with um, Peggy and, and uh, Angel, and they they were, you know, they knew what they were doing. Um, Angel was, um, you know, we were about the same age, maybe she was a little younger, but, um, you know, she had been around the business her whole life, and she had been in the ring a long time. So, you know, even though she was, you know, green in one way, she was she was a pro and a veteran in, in another way, and Peggy was a you know complete pro.
1: Amazing, amazing. I have I've seen matches of Luna uh, from ECW with uh, Stevie Richards. Like you know before before the women were really wrestling the guys, she was a trailblazer, and she gets over she she gets overlooked in my mind. She really really I, does.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that Vice did that piece on her because I really think uh, yes. she has uh, she she was. Um, she was scary and like legit scary. (laughs) And, you know, you wouldn't want to like, you know, poke the bear. I mean, she, you know, she would, she would carry that on. I mean, she wasn't like she went behind the curtain and it all dropped away. I mean, I I would have recommended people be very careful with her. Although in person, you know, when she was just at home, I couldn't find a nicer person. She was just a, a, a very, Kind, loving, generous person. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So I want to ask you: um, Are you familiar with Adrian Street?
1: Of course I am, because he's from <laughs> he's from South Wales. Obviously, <laughs> I'm I'm up in the north, uh, so yeah, he's from like the uh, mining area, because that's obviously where his dad worked. You know, very very tough upbringing. Uh, yeah, you know, they'd they'd leave us standing. Now the the people of those times, like you know. People people have gotten soft, it's got to be said, that's how I feel, uh, but yeah, what a, uh, there again, I'll, I'll use the word trailblazer, and he happens to be Welsh, and yeah. uh, you have, I've watched the documentaries on him, a very, very mm-hmm. hard man, still still a uh, hard man by all accounts, from people I know that know him within the business.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, he, uh, so I, I wrestled him when he was, uh, and he had the valet, um, Miss Linda, and yes. Uh, and he didn't pull any punches. You yeah, nope. I definitely felt that match, and <laughs> and you know, a great showman. And and I have to say, uh, Miss Linda um, helped me with the uh, costuming ideas. She was, she also had, uh, you know, she had some great ideas, and, uh, and and really was quite generous. Of course, we had to do that on the, on the QT because you know nobody could ever see us together. But uh, um, yeah, it was quite an eye opener to be working with, with them. Really enjoyed
1: paved, that. Paved the way for the androgynous characters that we've had, you know. After uh, yeah. the way, the way, that's he was, a, that's the way. A great it, the, the,
0: thing p- to do. I'm, I just can't even imagine how, how hard that must have been.
1: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought Agent Street. Uh, parts of it, yeah. That's nice. That's nice to nice to bring him there, in. Yes, there
0: are a number of, uh, of Welsh uh, wrestlers. Aren't there? I mean, it seems like there have been a number of, of people from your homeland.
1: Yeah, our, um, uh, God rest his soul, Orig, Orig Williams, the promoter here. Uh, he was very, you know, he, he promoted all over the UK. Uh, he, was, he was very, you know, he was prevalent, the guys he brought through. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've had a few. We've had a few, to be fair, over the years.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending,
1: and obviously, there's another book coming. The second book's coming. So yeah, oh, just for the just for the it. listeners and the viewers before you go. Yep,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's called the Chronicles of Mad Maxine, and it's available on Amazon. Um, if you listen to books, I um my I did a recording of uh I, I read the book, and so it's available on Audible as well. Brilliant. And, uh, if you prefer to buy it from me, uh, get an autographed copy, um, uh, that would be, um, you know, within the U S because it's quite expensive to send things. It would be, it's expensive to send things over to your part of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just find me on Facebook and get, you know, send me a message and I'll give you the info. It's just, just, uh, look for Mad Maxine on, on Facebook my guest
1: female wrestling star of the 1980s former wwf wwe talent florida territory talent too it was nice to hear about the territories as well it is mad maxine thank you so much for coming on Stu's wrestling podcast today thanks Stu. it's really nice to meet you i appreciate the time and and yourself thank you very much
0: okay take care
1: What a fantastic episode with former 80s female wrestler Mad Maxine. What a story. You can get a book, The Chronicles of Mad Maxine. It is available on Amazon. Also, search on Google for it as well if you use other places for books. Yeah, just a fantastic story. What what about the stories about Luna? Obviously, she trained with Luna, and it was just a lovely, lovely episode. Great to have a lady back on the show. We need to get more ladies on the podcast. As always, a big, big thank you to Chris Dutton for editing the show. I appreciate you, buddy. As you know, thank you again. I'm 107 now, Chris. Mad, mad, isn't it? And thank you to Mike Angus, as always, for the episode intro. And a big, big thank you to Evade Escape for Get Up and Move. And we'll see you very, very soon for episode 108 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.